0: We're back. Third segment of the show is usually reserved for miscellaneous things and sometimes obituaries. We have a bit of both. From the miscellaneous file, and I'm sorry, I just I just couldn't resist commenting on this one. Comes from Parade magazine last Sunday. Someone wrote in and asked, "Why doesn't Cheetah, the chimp in many Tarzan movies, have a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame?" And if you've seen some of the people that actually have stars on the Hollywood Walk of Fame, you'd have to say, well, not including Cheetah, that's a legitimate question. But I love the answer. Cheetah has been nominated several times, says Walk of Fame representative Anna Martinez-Holler. But he's got lots of competition. To date, Lassie, Rin Tin Tin, and Strongheart, all dogs, are the only animals with stars in Hollywood. But Cheetah does have a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame in Palm Springs, where Jigs IV, one of the chimps who played him, is still is living in retirement and still swinging at age 76. Who knew Cheetah lives? Anyway, I was, I was quite tickled by the photograph in Parade magazine showing Cheetah, alongside Boy, played by Johnny Sheffield, Jane, played by Maureen O'Sullivan, and Tarzan himself, in this case, played by Johnny Weissmuller. Interesting to note that, uh, that Weissmuller won five Olympic gold medals for his swimming. He was the sixth actor to play Tarzan in, in the movies and remains to this day, uh, uh, hands down, the most famous i got to say, one of the fun things about uh, doing a radio program like this is when you start to do research, just interesting facts start popping up all over the place. Like, looking up cheetah led to Johnny Weissmiller, which led to the following anecdote, according to David Walachinsky, who wrote the complete book of the Olympics. Also appeared on this radio program a couple years ago, talking about uh, the world's worst dictators. According to David Walachinsky, Johnny Weissmiller was playing in a celebrity golf tournament in Cuba in 1958, when his golf cart was suddenly captured by rebel soldiers. Weissmuller apparently sized up the situation, got out of the golf cart, and gave his trademark Tarzan yell. Reportedly, the shocked rebels soon began to jump up and down, calling, Tarzan, welcome to Cuba. Reportedly, Johnny and his companions were not only not kidnapped, they were given a rebel escort to the golf course. In a film career where he made something like 30 films, uh, Weissmuller played exactly three roles. Tarzan, Jungle Jim, and himself, earning about $2 million for his efforts. It's noted that when he passed away in Acapulco in 1984 at age 79, per his request, as his coffin was lowered into the ground, a recording of the Tarzan yell he invented was played three times. I do have to question that citation slightly in the fact that I don't think that it's doing the Tarzan yell. My understanding is they blended together uh, tar- uh, Weissermeller's voice along with that of somebody yodeling. And I think someone who's like a world champion pig caller or something like that. And I must say, we do like to rely uh, for this show and our research on, on British publications. They just seem to be a better standard of journalism which is why we'll more often cite The Economist than Time magazine and more often cite New Scientist versus Discover. As an example of why we don't bother, I noted this article in Newsweek, this interview, short interview with uh, actress Penelope Cruz, currently starring in a couple of films, one by uh, Woody Allen and, and uh, one not. Here, in essence, is the interview. I guess she kisses uh, Scarlett Johansson in Woody's effort. Vicky Cristina Barcelona. Interviewer, what was it like kissing Scarlett? Answer, Scarlett and I have run out of lines to say about that. We're calling Woody to give us some material. People love that subject. The only thing which is honest is the set was very crowded that day, but I don't have anything else to tell you about it. Question, did you have to do any research? Answer, very funny. Question, aren't you a funny person? Answer, in interviews, I completely lose my sense of humor. I lose at least 50%, if not more. Question, why is that? And frankly, who cares about the answer? The next question was, is it true you have 883 tattooed on your ankle? Answer, it's true, but I never say why. Final question, so everyone can have a theory? Answer, I don't think anyone cares. Well, we'll drink to that. Bigger question is, why bother? Why bother? And I guess the answer is people want to read what a good-looking babe has to say, regardless of, uh, you know, its its actual value. Let's do a few obituaries, starting with Dave Freeman, co-author of the best-selling book, 100 Things to Do Before You Die. Dave Freeman died this week at age 47 after falling at home and hitting his head. Apparently, Freeman had visited about half the places in the book, and his co-author, Neil Teplica, said... He didn't have enough days, but he lived them like he should have. We're sorry to note the passing of the the voice, the only person we can think of that could produce the following. Throughout history, man has marveled at the vast complexity of the universe. Without a single unified voice, humanity has been left searching for answers to the unknown. Now, one man has the power to change that and to spread his voice across the earth for all of mankind to hear. One man. Me. That man was Don LaFontaine, a voiceover artist known to many as the king of voiceovers. He died uh, earlier this week in Los Angeles at age 68. A 25-year veteran of the industry, LaFontaine was the preeminent voice of movie trailers. According to reports, he worked on nearly 5,000 films. That unique low-register voice of his allows it, allows it even to penetrate the music, which they uh, would score for dramatic effect. We'll see if we can't get our good pal voice actor Corey Burton to say a word or two about uh, Mr. LaFontaine on, uh, on next week's program. It's safe to say we are very big fans of, of his work. He was really a master at what he did. But uh, we're very sad to note in closing uh, the passing of Jerry Reed. Jerry Reed was one of those artists that managed to have a sense of humor somehow uh, woven into everything he did, whether it was appearing in movies or singing his songs. Jerry Reed was a guy that cracked us up and we're really sorry to, to note his passing. Whether, his, whether contemplating his music with things like Amos Moses' When You're Hot, You're Hot and <laughs> She Got the Gold Mine, I Got the Shaft. Uh, you, just, you just gotta laugh. He was also quite a crack up in the various Smokey and the Bandit movies. And, and frankly, I wish I'd seen his legendary appearance on television when, when he was a guest on the fishing TV series Build Dance Outdoors Apparently, Jerry Reed caught a particularly big, largemouth bass and planned to have it preserved and mounted. Apparently, Bill Dance objected to this plan and freed the fish when Jerry wasn't looking. Reed became enraged when he discovered what had happened and chased Dance off the boat and to shore. Apparently, Jerry Reed's career took off when, after having some success in the music field. He got his first official country chart hit with Guitar Man, which Elvis Presley soon covered. Presley had come to Nashville to record in 67 and one of the songs he was working on was Guitar Man. According to Reed, he got a call from Presley's producer saying, Elvis is down here. We've been trying to cut Guitar Man all day long. He wants us to sound like on your album. I finally told him, well, if you want it to sound like that, you're going to have to get me in there to play guitar because you guys you're using, they're straight pickers. And I pick with my fingers and tune that guitar up all weird kind of way. So Reed got hired to play on the session. Said Reed, I hit into that intro and Elvis' face lit up and here we went. Then after he got through that, he apparently cut my U.S. mail at the same session. Said Reed, I was topping cotton, son. Back in 1972, Jerry Reed received a Grammy for Best Male Country Vocal Performance for his East Bound and Down, the theme song of the first Smoking in the Bandit movie, which I think will be our choice of music to close the show. This program was produced by Edward McMillan. We want to thank Whitney Lehman and our old pal, Will Durst. I'm Douglas Everett. On our next week's program, we'll be talking to either Simon Singh or Edzard Ernst about their new book, Trick or Treatment The Undeniable Facts About Alternative Medicine. We'll see you then. Keep your on the pedal. never mind breaks. Let it all hang out, cause we got run to make. The boys are thirsty in Atlanta. And there's beer in Texarkana, and we'll bring it back no matter what it takes. Eastbound and down, loaded up and trucking, Are we gonna do what they say can't be done. We've got a long way to go, and a short time to get there. I'm eastbound, just watch bandit run.